What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Glock 9 Show. Now, this is going to be a little different than usual, uh, mainly because I want to vent about this a little bit, and also because, you know, Halloween's coming up. I think this is a great thing to talk about. Uh, I'm a huge horror movie fan, and I love the Michael Myers uh, Halloween movies, you know, some of them, and we're going to get into quite a bit of them, but I'm just super upset that the new movie Halloween Ends came out. And I was having a discussion with a buddy of mine. I was just venting about it. And he was like, dude, this sounds like a podcast you should be talking about this on. So I, this, is gonna, this is not going to be a regular thing where I review movies and stuff. But just because it's the ho- Halloween season, I think it's awesome to talk about. So I wanted to talk about like the origin of Michael Myers and what makes him scary and like what makes him unique. And it goes back to the very beginning. And there's actually an article here that I was reading because uh, I was trying to find the movies in like chronolo- uh, chronological order. And I found this article from Looper, which is a great site if you guys are into movies. And it, it lays everything out there. So I want to read this article. It's called Michael Myers Backstory Explained. Uh, again, looper.com if you guys want to check it out. The article ba- starts off and it says, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers. These are arguably the most... Um, most iconic horror villain of all time. And while Freddy and Jason have dominated the box office, the Halloween franchise is still slashing, just like its unstoppable antagonist. The series has seen multiple sequels, resets, and reboots, and none none of it would have happened without Michael. Michael Myers is the lifeblood of the Halloween franchise, a horror movie legend. He's so frightening because he, he can't be taken down, and in his purest, most evil depiction, has no discernible motive for his heinous acts but even evil sorry incarnate has an origin story that story has gotten pretty uh convoluted i can't speak tonight uh convoluted over the years throughout the franchise the timeline diverges multiple times and the main series even features one entry without myers but we're here to help sort out through it all so grab your favorite carving knife and let's dig in this is michael myers backstory explained now i'm going to read through these and then i'm going to give my take on certain parts of them uh their origin of michael myers is the story of michael myers begins on the halloween night of 1963 in a suburban town of haddonfield illinois as six-year-old Michael gets up, walks into his sister's room, and stabs her to death, he's sent to Smith's Grove Sanitarium, where he, he spends the rest of his childhood and adolescence being observed and studied by Dr. Sam Loomis, who winds up becoming an expert on the man, the myth, and the legend that is Michael. Uh, Loomis, played by Donald whatever, I don't care about who, uh, will turn out to be a major character in the franchise. During his time with Michael, Loomis came to fear him and even, even view him as something other than human. Uh, I met this six-year-old child with with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, said Loomis. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes uh, was purely and simply evil. Um, So Michael Myers, Halloween 1978. So this is the very first Halloween movie with Michael Myers, 1978. Uh... On October 30th, 1978, the story of Michael Myers begins in in earnest. Uh, He escapes from Smith's Grove the night before Halloween and descends upon Haddonfield, but not before a stop at a hardware store where he picks up his trademark mask. 
This first movie establishes the rule that is the Halloween series. We never see Michael's face. Once he put, puts the mask on, the transformation from the boy Loomis once met to the serial killer, we all know it and fear is complete. Meanwhile, high schooler Laurie Strode, which is played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is preparing for a boring Halloween night babysitting young Tommy Doyle near the Myers home. Now abandoned. Of course, we all know a quiet night at, at home is not quite how it ends up going for poor Laurie. She ends up at the tail end of Michael's killing spree, outwitting him and stopping him several times, but not enough to stop his pursuit. After a night of tracking Michael, uh, Loomis comes to the house where Laurie is fighting him off and manages to put six bullets in him, and that's enough for now. So then you have Halloween 2 that comes out, which basically Halloween 2 starts like the night of where Halloween 1 ended, okay? So Halloween 2, it says, Later that night, Lori is brought to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital for the injuries she sustained during the events of the first movie. In the events of Halloween 2, the uh, Rick Rosenthal-directed sequel to John Carpenter's classic, Michael returns and comes after Lori at the hospital. The sequel begins what would become a major expansion of the Halloween lore, as it were, uh, making a connection between Michael and Lori and giving him a more direct motivation. During a scene that happens later in the movie, it's revealed that Lori is Michael's sister. She was extremely young when he was locked away and doesn't remember her birth family. Taken in by the Strodes and raised as one of their own, she's been shielded from the truth. This explains why Michael is so dead set on killing Lori. He wants to finish what he started. This explanation arguably makes Michael a less compelling villain, but it does set the stage for the next three films in the Myers saga. In the meantime, Halloween 2 ends with Michael being presumably killed by a fire at the hospital. Okay. So Halloween 4 brings back Michael to the franchise. Because Halloween 3, uh, don't even bother. Uh, they tried doing Halloween 3 where Michael Myers wasn't even in it. That's why no one really even talks about it. And no one even thinks about it because Michael Myers is not in it and it failed horribly. So Halloween 4, um, you know, which now they, they basically call Halloween 4, Halloween 3. Because it says right even right here, quote, the third Halloween movie was an experiment. Uh, so most people deem Halloween 4 as number 3. Um, but Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, uh, they never strayed a, 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 again from the unfeeling killer that is core. Uh the Thorn trilogy, as it was later referred to, begins Halloween 4, starring Daniel, Daniel Harris as Jamie Lloyd, uh, Laurie Strode's sister. Jamie is living with a foster family and has recurring dreams of Michael coming together. Those dreams turn out to be warnings when Michael wakes up from a 10-year coma and goes after his closest living relative, as by now it's been established that's what Michael's motivations are. The movie ends in a standoff near an abandoned mine, but only after depicting a moment of psychic connection initially established via physical contact with Jamie. Uh, in the final moments of Halloween 4, the Lloyd family returns home to find a horrifying sight. Jamie, uh, dressed in the, in the same, eerily in the same costume that Michael wore in 1963 when he killed his first sister, uh, holding a bloody pair of scissors, and Dr. Loomis tries to shoot her, but is thwarted. Uh, so Halloween 5 and 6 expand on, on the Michael Myers lore. Uh, it says Halloween 5 Revenge of Michael Myers begins uh, Jamie is mute in a psychiatric hospital after attempting to kill her foster mother uh, at the end of the previous film this is implied uh, implied to be the result of a moment she shared with Michael in the last movie sparking a connection that leaves uh, Jamie suffering hallucinations that keep keep her bond with Michael shrouded in mystery this isn't fully explored and explained until the 6th Halloween movie The Curse of Michael Myers which goes full on ancient mystic cult in an attempt to explain the title character story 
In The Curse of Michael Myers, Mike, Michael returns to his childhood home to kill, guess who? The Strode family that now lives there. Tommy Doyle, now an adult, still lives across the street. Doyle has been studying Michael and has discovered the root of his evil, an ancient druid curse known as Thorn. Uh, this brings the family connection full circle as the conditions of the curse says that uh, the inflicted must kill their next of kin on Halloween night. It's been widely der derided among the fan base, but for better or worse, the curse of Michael Myers is through thorough ex explanation of the killer's backstory and it left the franchise out of narrative runaway to keep expanding for several years okay so i'm gonna go back real fast because we're gonna get to actually one of one of actually the movies that i really really like but we're gonna go back a little bit so halloween one and two were absolutely amazing halloween one shows that he killed his sister uh there also is something that they mentioned in here that he had a, men a mental disorder uh in other words the r word that we're not allowed to use nowadays and that was actually kind of used to explain why he's so strong is he basically has, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to get in trouble, but the R word strength, um, you know, that's why he's so strong. And that's what make my, that's what makes Michael Myers so scary is he's not like, um, Freddy Krueger, who's a part of your dreams. He's not Jason Voorhees. Who's basically dead. He's a, a regular man. Uh, who obviously has mental issues, but he's pure, all pure evil. He's not a mystic being. And this is when they start kind of going off the beaten path. You had Halloween one. He killed his sister, but he knew that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was his real sister too and wanted to finish what he started. All right. Um, she was originally just supposed to be a babysitter, but in Halloween two, because they wanted to make a sequel, reveal that he is her sister. Then they they tried number three with without him in it, and it absolutely was terrible. Uh, you can't have a Michael Myers movie without Michael Myers in it, which we'll talk about more later. Uh, and then they started going off the beaten path with the whole. Um, and these are obviously made by different directors and people who wrote the story, just trying to you know bring it along. So it. Um, you know, basically, they're trying to say that he was made from a, a ancient ritual. He had to kill his family on Halloween night, blah, blah, blah. It didn't really work out because Halloween 4 and 5 are not very good. 3, 4, and 5, I should say, are not very good. But getting to the next one, so H2O. Halloween H2O, I, this is one of, the, one of the actual first movies that I watched Michael Myers because it came out uh, in 1998. And I watched it when I was a teenager. I was only, I mean, I was only like seven or eight years old when the movie came out, but I remember watching it when I was a teenager and I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's what made me as a teenager go back and watch the originals. And I absolutely, absolutely, you can't beat the originals, even though they're so old now. Number one and two, storytelling, everything was great. So the article says about H2O was the first time they reset the timeline. Uh, it says, for the first time, yet far from last, in the Halloween franchise, the timeline was reset in 1998. When the producers behind the series decided to completely jettison uh, the convoluted curse story told during the last three movies, made 20 years after the original, the again fittingly titled Halloween H2O 20 years later, brought Jamie Lee Curtis back for a story pitched as a direct sequel to Halloween 2. So basically, again, Halloween 2 was meant to replace 3, 4, and 5. So if you want to watch it, it, it you would watch number one, number two, and then Halloween H2O. Okay. So it says, uh, um, sorry, this movie returns Michael's motivations to their roots, specifically finding and killing Laurie Strode. 
H2O brings Michael from Haddonfield, Haddonfield, Illinois to California, where Lori has built a new identity and life for herself as a school teacher. He's determined to ruin that for her, of course. And of course, he's foiled again with what looks like the most definitive Michael kill yet. Lori chops his head off with a fire axe at the end of the movie. Any viewers who were actually convinced this was finally the end of the unkillable killer would only need to wait four years to find out what really happened for uh, that fateful night and why it would nearly spell the end of Halloween. Halloween Resurrection kills off a major character. To put it simply, Halloween Resurrection reveals that the ending of H2O was actually an illusion for, for the viewer as well as Lori. Of course, the decapitated man wasn't Michael. Lori actually murdered an innocent man and has now been institutionalized. Resurrection begins by showing this in a flashback, establishing Lori as a paranoid patient waiting for Michael's arrival the, the following Halloween night. Despite Lori's best laid traps, Michael breaks into the sanitarium where she's being, being held and chases her to the roof. She's about to kill him, but her last encounter gives her doubt that it's actually him and she begins to grapple for his mask to make sure it's really him. That doubt gives Michael enough time to stab and finally kill Lori and toss her off the roof. Beyond these bonker opening minutes, not a whole lot else of note happens in Resurrection, which ends up putting an early aughts reality TV spin on the series is... Uh, this opening feels more like a coda to H2O than an opening to Resurrection and frankly doesn't have much to do with the main story of the 2002 movie at all. Lori's death could have been a huge moment in Halloween canon, but it finally left the franchise nowhere to go but back to the beginning. Now you had Halloween Zombified. I'm not even going to talk about it. It's, 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 uh, it's the Rob Zombie ones. Rob Zombie didn't do too bad of a job uh, you know, if you actually go back and watch the movies that he made, uh, you know, these came out in 2000, these came out in 2007. Um, it was poorly received installment for more than let more or less the re retold the story of the first movie. And many felt it didn't hold the candle to the original, making this one of the worst movies in the Halloween series. Zombie followed up with H2, which focuses on the relationship between Michael and Lori. Two years after the events in Haddonfield, Lori begins having hallucinations like the ones Jamie experienced in Revenge of Michael Myers, in which she sees herself acting out um, Michael's past murders. Following tradition, the movie also reveals Lori to be Michael's sister, Angel Myers, only at the end of the film. Lori manages to actually kill Michael after stabbing him with his own knife. Lori puts on the mask and walks out as the new Michael Myers. Yeah, stupid. So moving on, so moving on, we have the new ones. Now I'm gonna you know get into this article in a second, but so basically where this new one starts, the reboot, you know whatever you want to call it, take away Halloween two all the way through the Rob Zombies, all of them. Basically take Halloween one and where it ended, and that's where Halloween, uh, the new Halloween in 2018 starts. Okay, uh, it's basically back to the roots. And so, sorry, I was reading something. Uh, it says, with the 2018 reboot slash reimagining Halloween, the series went back to the basis, giving viewers a direct sequel to 1978's Halloween and disregarding the big twist connecting Laurie and Michael in Halloween 2. In this timeline, Michael has been incarcerated for the past 40 years for the murders he committed in the first movie. During the events of 2018 Halloween, he breaks out to track down and kill Laurie, who is definitely not his sister. Over the years, Lori has become a reclusive alcoholic who's very good at setting traps for Michael. You could say it's become her life's work. It pays off because a trap she lays for him sets her house ablaze with Michael presumably dead inside. With Halloween kills on the horizon, it's clear Michael also survived 
and it looks like this time Lori gets her chance to hunt him down, but it's, but instead uh, the other way around. Obviously, this article was written you know a little while ago, but in Halloween, so here's here's the thing, and I'm gonna, this is what I want to get at. This is what I want to vent about is this entire series right here. So if you go watch the 2018 version of Halloween, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Now, mind you, mind you here, I'm going to give you guys a warning if you're still listening and if you still care. I'm going to give spoilers on the brand new movie. So if you have not seen Halloween Ends yet that just came out on October 14th, um, I would, you know, if you don't want spoilers, don't listen. Uh, but anyways, so Halloween from 2018, I enjoyed. I think they did a really good job with where he was. They kind of explained why he is the way that he is. Um, and he's again, not supernatural, you know, it, and that's kind of the way they were going in 2018. And so in Halloween, so at the end of, at the end of Halloween, um, now I personally, in my own personal opinion is I think the story of, um, the story of Jamie Lee Curtis being his sister, I think it was better that he's, he's his sister and that's why he wants to kill her. He wants to finish what he started and kill his sisters. Um, you know, so it's you know, it's just basically finishing what he started with somebody that was a babysitter that he wants to still kill. That got away. That's basically what the story is. Uh, but I, I would have thought it was better if he kept him as the sister or kept her at the, his, as the sister. Uh, and, and so basically, at the end of Halloween, she has this whole booby-trapped house. She has her daughter, and 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 um, you know. And they basically get him into the basement where she has a trap set for him. And they, as soon as they escape the basement, he's still down there. The whole, these bars come out, they lock him in the basement. They set the entire house on fire and that's how the movie ends. And then as they're driving down the road in the back of a truck, heading to the hospital, a fire truck goes driving by and they start screaming, no, let him burn, let him effing burn, which basically tells you he's going to get out somehow. Um, in Halloween Kills, it picks up where number one left off. Uh, Halloween Kills, uh, it, <laughs> it basically is where, for me, it got kind of dumb. It got kind of dumb because basically there's a roll-up door in the basement. The firefighters go into the house. One of them falls through the floor into the basement. And then next thing you know, uh, the the roll-up door opens up. He Michael Myers comes out and he's able to escape. Then he decides to be an expert fighter and take on nine firefighters and absolutely obliterate them. Uh, and it's like, really, dude? Like all of a sudden now Michael Myers is like an expert fighter that can take on nine people at once. That doesn't make any sense. Like that's never been Michael Myers at all. Like if you actually go back and look at the original Michael Myers. If there's multiple people, they can basically subdue him, but they always came at him one by one. He was never able to fight multiple people. So moving on to basically he's going through town. He, you know, he's killing people. The dumbest thing in there, which some, some people find it funny. I think it's really dumb. No one can shoot a gun apparently at all. You know, he's been shot six times. Uh, <laughs> and there's a, there's a part where... Michael Myers kills two people in a car. He's sitting in the driver's seat. And then this girl starts shooting like a desert eagle at him. He's not moving an inch. And she keeps moving forward as she puts like three in the hood, 
two through the windshield. She totally misses him. And then she gets close enough to where Michael Myers kicks the door open. And then the, it smacks the gun. And then she accidentally turns the gun and shoots herself. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, that, that to me is probably the dumbest kill in all of the Halloween movies. I, I, I couldn't believe it. It was so dumb. Um, but... So basically he's slashing his way through town It sends paranoia through all of the residents in, in Haddonfield. Uh, they basically go out hunting for Michael and then, um, you know, so he kills the current occupants of his childhood home. Like, I guess it's a gay couple. They had to throw him in there because it's, you know, it was 2021. You had to do it. Right. <laughs> and then, so Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter basically lures him across the street, down an alleyway to another street where they're met by a mob of residents of Haddonfield. And they essentially beat the ever-living F out of Michael Myers with baseball bats and pitchforks, all types of stuff. And then the daughter ends up stabbing him directly in the back. He's presumably dead. And then she ends up walking back to uh, the house well, all of a sudden, Michael Myers becomes super ninja again and absolutely just slashes his way to killing every single person in that mob. Uh, literally just kills all of them. Like, I mean, I want to say there's like 20 people there and he, you see him like dodging punches, slashing their forearm and then, you know, ducking down and slashing their Achilles heel and, you know, then stabbing them in the face. It, it, you know, it, it's just absolutely like far-fetched from what Michael Myers is. It's not Michael Myers. And that's when, you know, I thought Halloween Kills was decent for the most part until you basically made him, that. that's basically when you made him superhuman. Like the fire, okay, I can kind of understand. Like, okay, the way he got out, I can understand. Um, The fighting, the firefighters, they all would have obliterated you. He walks right through a fire hose, for God's sakes. You know, Michael Myers has been pushed over by teenage girls in the original movie. You know, he and uh, but he he now he can walk through a fire hose. You know, and just beat up not eight or nine firefighters. Then he just defeats a whole mob of twenty residents that were hit, you know stabbing with pitchforks and knives and baseball bats and you know. So that's when it started taking a turn. So I thought Halloween Kills, more or less, the second half of the movie was kind of dumb, not dumb, but like. Didn't give you that Halloween vibe because Michael Myers is still supposed to be vulnerable. He's not supposed to be immortal. He's not supposed to be, um, you can stab him a million times. and He still lives. So, you know, then all of a sudden, next thing you know, his, the daughter's in the house. She goes to the window that Michael usually stares out of as she's looking out the window. Michael Myers ap appears behind her and ultimately kills the daughter. That's how the movie ends. That's that you know the movie's over with the dead daughter. Jamie Lee Curtis was in the hospital the entire time. She was really a non-factor the entire movie, but she kind of makes a comment at the end of the movie, uh, talking about uh, how he's almost like saying he's not human, and that's kind of where you get. And I didn't have too high hopes for Halloween ends, and but I was obviously still gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch a Halloween movie. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Michael Myers, but. I knew Halloween ends was not going to be what I liked and oh God, how it was true. So now this is the point where you're going to get spoilers because I'm actually going to explain to you the entire plot and why I was so pissed off.
The movie's about two hours. It's about it's about a two hour movie. Um and you know, it starts off and the beginning is a shock. I'm gonna tell you that right now. And so I'm actually I actually pulled this up so I can get it right and I'm not gonna screw anything up. So in 2019, Corey Cunningham is babysitting a young boy named Jeremy who pulls a prank by locking him in the attic. Just as Jeremy's parents come home, Corey kicks the door open and accidentally knocks Jeremy off the balcony three stories down to his death. And Corey's accused of intentionally killing Jeremy, but is cleared with manslaughter. So let me just talk about that for a second. The opening 10 minutes is probably the best part of the movie, in my opinion, because it's so shocking. Like when he kicks the door open, it looks like he just hits the kid in the face. You didn't expect him to go over the railing and fall three stories down. And then the way he falls and the sound it makes, you, me and the, my buddy that were watching it were like, what the actual f You know, it was like, oh my gosh. Like that's a way to start off a Halloween movie right there. Like that actually got me kind of excited for the movie. Yeah, I was like, okay. Wow, okay. So moving on, it says three years later, the town of Haddonfield, Illinois is still reeling from the aftermath of Michael Myers' last killing spree. While Michael was vanished, Lori Strode is writing a memoir. Having bought a new house and living with Allison, her granddaughter, since Allison's mother and Lori's daughter, Karen, was slaughtered uh, by Michael. Meanwhile, Corey is now working at his uncle's salvage yard, still hated by the town. On his way home one day, he is taunted by high school bullies and injures himself in the process. And observing Lori brings him to the doctor's office where Allison works. The two begin developing a relationship and later attend a Halloween party, but Corey is confronted by Jeremy's mother in the bar. He leaves the party and then is confronted by high schoolers or the same high school bullies. Corey is thrown off a bridge and then dragged into the sewers by an unknown figure. Unknown figure. We know who it was. Uh, he wakes up in the sewers and is confronted by Michael, who, who has been living in the sewers for the last four years. After holding him by his throat, Michael elects to let Corey go. On the way out of the sewers, Corey is confronted by a homeless man with a knife. In a struggle, Corey stabs and kills the man before fleeing. Now, let me back up a little bit because there's a part that they don't mention in here. Do you remember when we were talking about uh, the older Halloween where he had the um, he had that connection with the little girl? That's essentially what they went back to, which kind of confuses me with how bad those movies went with that same kind of storyline. They tried it in this one. So basically in this one, he grabbed him by the throat and he was choking him. And then basically they have this eye to eye. They're looking at each other's eyes and they get this connection. Like Michael sees when he, the kid died and fell off the balcony. And then, you know, basically uh, Corey can see the kill. Some of the killings that Michael did. And they get this little connection, almost like Michael possessed Corey. That's what, it, that's basically what I got out of it. It's like he possessed him. Okay. Keep that in mind. So it goes on to say, Corey and Allison make up and go on a dinner date, but Allison's ex, who is a police officer, shows up and harasses them both. This leads uh, Corey to later lure the cop into the sewers where Michael kills him. Um, so let me stop there real fast. So in this scene, basically, Corey leads him to the sewers. Um, the officer uh, gets gets into a fight with Corey and uh and michael myers michael myers is like super weak and wimpy he can't even stand up on two feet where Corey basically has to beat the officer and then hold him basically in a full nelson while michael myers kills him and then they, they have like this another little weird little connection like eye to eye like almost like Corey's now an accomplice of michael myers um 
So moving on, it says Allison finds out she was passed over for a promotion in favor of a fellow nurse who is having an affair with the doctor. Corey and Michael team up and murder the doctor and the nurse at the doctor's home. Uh, so again, so in this scene right here, basically the doctor and the nurse are at his home. Uh, Corey ends up, he's wearing like a different little Halloween mask. Not a Michael Myers mask. It's like a different, like a, just a random like scarecrow mask. And he's stabbing the, the, the doctor... Uh, in the neck multiple times the girl goes running into the house but locks out Corey. Corey's standing there while Michael Myers pops out of the closet picks her up and stabs her in the chest and she's pinned up against the wall hanging there by the knife um, and then basically Michael Myers and Corey look at each other again almost like a father son like at a boy moment like like they're, they're it's just weird it's just so weird okay so it moves on. Allison and Corey plan to leave Haddonfield because of the past trauma, while Lori becomes increasingly suspicious of Corey after he begins mimicking Michael's behavior. She forbids him to leave with Allison, but Corey retorts by blaming her for the events that have occurred in Haddonfield and says if he can if he cannot have Allison, no one will. On Halloween day, Corey returns to the sewers and successfully fights Michael for his mask. Let me say that again. Corey decides to fight Michael Myers for his mask. So they get like a little tussle, like literally 20 seconds. He throws Michael Myers to the ground, gets on top of him and tears his mask off and leaves with his mask with Michael Myers just laying there. Uh, moving on, it says, meanwhile, Lori and Allison argue as she plans to leave and Allison, uh, as she plans to leave and Allison too blames Lori for Michael's actions. That night, Corey embarks on a rampage, murdering the high schoolers at a salvage yard. In the confusion, Corey's uncle is also accidentally killed. He then goes on to kill his own mother, as well as the DJ and, and, and the receptionist at a radio station that's constantly talking about the Michael Myers killings. Uh, back at the Strode house, Lori, Lori fake, fake attempts suicide to lure Corey to her, whom she shoots him down the stairs. So basically, she acts like she's going to commit suicide, and then she shoots a pumpkin, and it looks like her bra brain splatter on the wall. And then she says, you really thought I'd kill myself? As he comes through the door, and she shoots him twice in the chest. He falls over the, over the railing, kind of like how he killed, accidentally killed the kid. And then... Um, uh, you know, so he, yeah, so he shoots her down the stairs and then Corey realizes that, uh, the granddaughter is right out front and she said like, you can't have my granddaughter. He goes, like I told you, if, if I can't have her, nobody can. So he stabs himself in the neck to frame Lori for his death right in front of her as she walks in the door. Um, Allison ends up believing that, you know, Jamie, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, killed her boyfriend now because she's so crazy and she flees and then she's sitting in the corner and then in comes Michael Myers he suddenly appears to retrieve his mask and kills Corey by breaking his neck he wasn't really dead he wasn't fully dead so he, but he ends up deciding to kill Corey and, and after a little bit of a struggle he was already basically dead Lori is able to pin Michael to the table with a knife in both hands. She then removes his mask and slits his throat as Michael is dying. He rips a hand free and tries to strangle Lori, but Allison shows up and breaks his arm. Lori then slices open uh, Michael arms, or, uh, I'm sorry, Michael Myers' wrist, and then he dies, presumably dies, okay? 
While Michael is finally dead, Lori takes his body to the salvage yard, attracting the residents of Haddonfield who follow her in pro uh, procession. She dumps them into an industrial shredder at, at Corey, Corey's uncle's scrapyard. In the ensuing days, Allison and Lori reconcile. Allison leaves Haddonfield after discovering the truth about Corey while Lori finishes her memoir and rediscovers her romance with Officer Hawkins. Okay. Now, let me... Uh, let me tell you about this. It didn't really mention... It's just giving you the story. It didn't really go into full detail. So, let me start from here. Okay. Michael Myers is barely in the movie. It's like they went to Halloween 3 all over again, but he's somewhat in this movie. You see him drag him in the sewers. You see him choke him, and then you see him kill the officer, and then you see him at one scene kill, kill the, the, the nurse. Very brief scenes, might I add. Corey is basically the main character in this movie, and then, and then Corey wrestles him for like 30 seconds to take his mask, and then you don't see him till the end. He literally walks in, grabs his mask, snaps Corey's neck, and then gets into a tussle in the kitchen with Jamie Lee Curtis, and then she gives him like what I, you know, it sounds very insensitive, especially as a religious person, but basically gives him the Jesus Christ treatment where she pins both of his hands to the table with knives and then stabs him in the side. That's why I say the Jesus Christ uh, treatment. And then she 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 dumps over the fridge onto his legs so he can't move. And then uh, I can't remember if his I think his yeah his throat was she slit his throat okay and he's bleeding everywhere. But then he rips his hand out to where the knife basically cut from the middle of his hand to in between his ring finger and middle finger. And then she's choking him. And as she's basically about to die, the granddaughter comes in, breaks his arm, and then she slits his wrist and he's bleeding everywhere. Okay. Now, the part they didn't add was they strapped him to the roof of the car and paraded him through town. And then, do you remember the scene from Spider-Man? I don't know if it's Spider-Man 1 or 2 where he saves the subway or the subway train from going off the end of the broken track and then they all carry his body. They lift his body over the crowd. They basically do that and then they put him up into the, the opening of the industrial shredder and then Jamie Lee Curtis basically kicks him into the shredder and you watch him just get crumpled up and absolutely into mush in the shredder. What the actual f like, dude, it was by far, like, okay, now let me start from the beginning. Again, the, the, the first 10 minutes of the movie is probably, again, probably the best part. The killings were kind of overdone. Uh, like when he kills the DJ, at, when he kills the DJ at the radio station, he like pounds his face into his desk and then cuts his tongue off so he can't talk anymore. Then his tongue's going across the record and makes the record skip. It's just, it's just so weird. Um... And again, in a two-hour movie, I don't know for sure, but I think Michael Myers was probably in the movie in total. I want to say it what feels like maybe twenty minutes. the The beginning drags on for so long; it drags on for like thirty or forty minutes, and you're like, "Dude, what the heck?" That's what it feels like. Again, I could be wrong on the timing. It just feels like forever until you start getting into it. Then you realize that basically Corey, it's almost like he is Michael Myers. It's almost like he, it, like the way he sits, he got knocked down, like just sits up kind of like the Undertaker does. Um, 
he he ends up he, he doing the same kind of thing. And that's what Jamie Lee Curtis basically ends up realizing in the movie. Lori ends up realizing in the movie. Uh, she, you know, it, she basically realizes realized um, it's it's basically Michael inside Corey, and he's basically the main character. Michael's basically too weak and old. So it what makes it really weird, in my opinion, is Michael Myers is supposed to be human. I said that earlier, and. You essentially gave him like human-like traits, such as with your age and how much damage you've taken over the years. You're getting slower. You're able to be beat up by you know this 19-year-old Corey, who's a, like a nerd. You can't even defend yourself. You know, Lori kills you so easily. You made him human, but you also tried giving him supernatural supernatural you know like like being you slit his throat slit you know you slit his throat he's still able to choke you and then you have to slit his wrist and put him into an industrial grinder to make sure he's actually dead but yet it four years ago four years ago he was able to take out a mob of 20 people right think about it that's that's what this movie is after so just after being beaten by the entire town and killing all of them and then killing the daughter, you disappear in the sewers for four years and now you can't even basically stand up on your own two feet like an old man, but yet you're still supposed to be supernatural? It doesn't make sense. If he's superhuman and like immortal and you have to throw him in a grinder to kill him, four years shouldn't have made you that much of a pussy. Like, when you think about it, it was four years ago. You defeated all these firefighters. You, you, you beat the, this whole mob. You gruesomely killed the daughter. Then you go rest for four years. You go rest in the sewers for four years. And then you're so weak, you can't even handle her on your own in the kitchen for more than two minutes. It, you, you had to possess Corey to do all your work for you. You couldn't even defend yourself against Corey. You couldn't beat the police officer. The only person you really killed was the nurse. That's really the only person that he killed was the nurse. I mean, he technically killed the police officer with the help of Corey. That was it. Absolute, absolutely insane. And the fact that I see people's reviews saying that this movie was good really irks me. Like right now, I'm looking right now at the reviews on, if you look at Google, it has a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. On Google, it has a 2.0 out of 5. Um, and it's just, you know, it, it, it's really insane. Um, it, it, it's very unfortunate. Now, there is one somewhat of a upside to this. Uh, again, if you want to watch it, go. I, I was not a fan. I, look at this movie to me was so freaking bad that I thought Halloween Kills became better because of it. I, I actually started to appreciate Halloween Kills because this movie was that bad. So, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate. But there is some light at the end of the tunnel if you're looking for a better, um, a, a better, you know, story going forward. It's not over. I don't know if Jamie Lee Curtis will be a part of it, but when you look it up, 
is uh, is Halloween ends the end of Michael Myers? Producer Jason Blum reiterated that while it would not be the final film in the franchise, it will be the last Halloween movie under Blumhouse with the rights of the film series reverting reverting to producer uh, Maleka Khan following the release of Halloween Ends. So, um, more than likely, they're going to try and milk it later on. I think we're not going to see a new... Um, we're not going to see a new Halloween movie for, I would say, for quite a while. I don't think we're going to see one for a couple of years. Uh, but I think with how bad these ones bomb, I think you, okay, this is where I would go. And now we're going to go hypothetical, okay? I think you should have kept the storyline. You should have kept the storyline that Jamie Lee Curtis was Michael Myers' sister. It makes a lot more sense. Because in reality... The only reason he's chasing her so much is because she's the babysitter he didn't get a chance to kill. If it's his sister and he's trying to finish the, 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 uh, what he started, kill his, both his sisters, it makes more sense. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of good to know that they're probably going to make some more later on down the road. Maybe fix it. But don't, I, I, I don't be milking it. Listen to the fans and what they want. Um, I think I think if you want to go remake them later on, you're more you're more than um, you're more you know you're more than welcome to do so. Just remember, he's not immortal. That's not what makes him scary. What makes him scary is he's a normal human being. So that's my review on the whole Halloween you know you know saga series, whatever you want to call it. You know. Discography, filmography, I don't know what you call it nowadays. It's just, it's an unfortunate end to what started so good. Again, Halloween 2018 was a, I thought it was a good movie. Halloween Kills, eh. Halloween Ends, like I said on Twitter, if you guys saw my tweet, I'll read it to you right here. I literally wrote, the movie wasn't even over. I'm going to tell you this right now. Spoiler, the movie still had like 10 minutes left after the industrial shredder. Like as they were on their way to the shredder, I knew where they were going. I tweeted out the Halloween movies and the Michael Myers story are, are my all time favorite horror films. But man, Halloween ends was absolutely sucked. Two big thumbs down. So disappointed. The movie wasn't even fully over and that's how I felt. My buddy that was watching it with me can tell he could tell you that he could see the disappointment on my face. I was so upset. I was so like, okay. For example, the movie actually came out on October 13th at 9 p.m. my time. I started playing the movie at 9.01. I was waiting for it to come out. By 11 o'clock, I was pissed. I was so upset. Insane, man. Insane. These are not going to be normal podcasts. I just wanted to vent about it. I've been talking crap for the last two days. And I was like, you know what? It's Halloween time. Let's talk about Halloween ends. Let's talk about the whole Michael Myers story. Uh, you know, I, you know, just for fun. You know, I thought it'd be a fun thing to talk about for me because I've, I've been so obsessed with it for years. I love those movies. I, I, I you know. Even when they suck, I'm at least happy to see Michael Myers on the base screen again, but this one, 
again, it was like a roller coaster. You know, the first one had gave you hope, and then just the last two just kept going downhill, and the last one just crashed and burned. Track was broken. It fell off the track, so... If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to share it with a friend. I greatly appreciate it. Just by sharing, it's the easiest way to help this podcast grow. Uh, you can find us on all major platforms from Apple, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and many more. If you're on Apple or Spotify, make sure you please do us a favor and give us a fair and honest review. As for the rest of you guys, as always, stay safe, stay blessed, and I will see you on the next episode. Hey!